Hello, and welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. This show features conversations between diverse technology professionals discussing women in the industry, cutting-edge innovations, the future of work, deeply technical topics, and the ways that we can all work together to make the world a more inclusive place. We hope you enjoy, and if you do, please subscribe, rate, and comment. My name is Anna Sher Wilson, and I am the program manager at Women Who Code for Career Navigation. And I'm thrilled to welcome Sam Farley and Lauren Sylvain from our partners at Liberty Mutual today to talk about excelling on your tech journey. So a little bit about our panelists today. Um, as a technology associate with Liberty Mutual Insurance, Sam enjoys empowering others with tech through various volunteer efforts and her part-time work in teaching. When she's not typing at her computer, Stan may be found at the nearest bowling alley attempting to roll her first 300 game. And then Lauren is a software engineer at Liberty Mutual, and she works on agile software development teams that maintains, improves, and builds new features for an internal data services portal, as well as the accompanying databases to deliver data to downstream to customers. Since starting her journey as a software developer, Lauren has significantly grown her problem-solving skills and ability to think creatively in order to find solutions for complex problems. So welcome, uh, Sam and Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Uh, so as I mentioned, I'm the program manager for career navigation, so a lot about working on our programs about mapping your career, thinking about all those steps. So we often like to start off our events kind of learning a little bit more about our panelists and learning what inspired them to pursue a career in technology. So um, we can start with Sam. When did you have that spark or inspiration to prefer, pursue this career? Or do you have a memory or experience that made you think like, tech is for me, like engineering is for me? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I that that spark happened my first year in college, and I was actually a journalism major. I wanted to write stories for newspapers. I wanted to be a print journalist. I knew I liked the uh, detail-orientedness of that field and the nitpicky grammar rules, all that kind of nerdy stuff. I really, I really enjoyed that and have a great respect for the journalism community. Um, but I took a web design class as part of my multimedia minor that year. And that was my first introduction to code at all. I realized it's HTML and CSS, and then we sprinkled in some JavaScript and PHP later on. But it was pretty instant. I realized that that was going to be a better fit for me with the creative design aspect combined with logical thinking. Um, the the combination of those two in a digital setting was just kind of scratched that itch for me. So I, I switched my major to multimedia and web design pretty um, like pretty much halfway through that course. And, and pursue that instead. And then what about you, Lauren? Yeah, so I was uh, I was working as an operations manager at a website agency. Um, it just happened that another developer started showing me how to kind of do some small changes on the front end. And he was super passionate about what he was kind of teaching me. And that kind of rubbed off on me. And I've been hooked ever since. Um, I kind of went on my own self-learning journey, just taking apart websites and rebuilding them and seeing how everything works. And I remember uh, when I first started, it was really overwhelming at the beginning because I was I was looking at all this code and I was like, how did 
people write all this code but now I'm kind of at a point where I'm writing all that code so it's it's been kind of cool to kind of see that progress um it's been a rewarding journey but definitely a lot of challenges but I think those challenges is what's drawn me to being a kind of a software engineer and um this that's how I kind of knew that this is the path that I wanted to take yeah, I think it's very common to hear from people like creative people that maybe do a little bit of a switch or but but people that love to solve um, problems. So mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about your career journeys. So both of you um, have like, a, not extensive, not maybe extensive isn't the right word, but a great relationship with Liberty Mutual where your work now is a place where you've learned a lot. Um, so our community often asks, how do you find out about a cult company's culture before applying? How do you find a company that you want to stay? Um, and specifically, you can talk a little bit about Liberty, Liberty Mutual, like what stood out when you were looking about how to jumpstart your career. Um, let's start with Sam. Sure. Um, so to kind of continue with my story a little bit, I think it'll put things into perspective too. I graduated with a degree in web design, but then kind of realized I wanted to go more the development route. And so I decided to pursue a master's in computer science. Um, and it was at the end of that program that I was um, went to a career fair and met with a recruiter from Liberty Mutual. So I was, you know, doing my research like everybody should for a career fair, you know, reading up on the companies that were going to be there. And I, I looked at Liberty and it it stood out because I was amazed by all of the different ways to get involved in the company beyond just the, the role itself. Um, for example, there was um, a women in tech summit that Liberty was hosting and I learned all about that. And I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. And I've always been passionate about women in tech. I think every woman in tech can can relate um, being into like a class or a boot camp or wherever you learned um, your tech skills, the ratios are pretty interestingly um, higher male to female. So I've, I've always been passionate about kind of uniting with other women in tech and um, that stood out to me. There's also the women in tech group at Liberty. It's a community for women in the tech field to get to know each other, to volunteer, to contribute to events they're passionate about and, and kind of have that, that sense of community. And that's something that I really, really value beyond just the job you know what what community is there what can I get involved in especially somebody like me who's kind of young I just moved to this um, I'm in the Boston area so I just moved here from Minnesota and I, I want ways to get involved and and interact with others so um, that definitely stood out to me as well and it sounds a little cliche maybe but speaking with my actual recruiter at that event um, she like stood out to me way more than any other any other company I spoke with at that career fair. She was just so genuine and patient and answered all my questions. I had quite a few, because um, in those events, it's, it can be hectic. It can be, you know, there's so many students, everyone's got their resume out and the lines to talk with a company are very long. And sometimes recruiters, I think, are trying to just thin those lines out, cycle through and get their promotional products out to people and um, kind of speed up that process. But she was very patient and and I, that really stood out to me as like the first glimpse of the company culture, because I think the people are what make the culture. Yeah, Lauren, anything to add or anything about engineering culture in addition to corporate culture? Yeah, I mean, 
for like my journey to Liberty, I actually came to Liberty through uh, an apprenticeship. So I think the first thing I did when I found out that the company I was going to kind of be matched for, for an interview was going to be Liberty was I went and I, I used Google pretty much. I wanted to find everything about Liberty, specifically about the tech program, because I was going to be working, you know, in the, the tech program. So, I mean, I know Liberty had a, a website that was focused strictly on tech and um, how they were using it here at Liberty. I think it's called the Technology Hub now. But uh, any resource I could find that kind of gave me a little bit of insight into their culture it would help me see if this is a company that uh, would fit for me. So, and then once I got into the in interview, just, you know, talking to the manager about the culture and, and just seeing how the manager interacted with me, because a big thing for me when looking for a company is I want a, a strong manager who's going to, you know, help me um, get to where I want to be in my career too. So. Great. So yeah, it seems like both of you, um, one thing that stood out was that the information was like readily available um, and they were like very uh, forward and direct about, and so you could like match with what you were looking for. Um, I'd like to talk, uh, well, to both of you more about like your first roles um, or your first introduction um, at Liberty Mutual, but let's start with Sam. So can you tell us a little bit about, so you mentioned a career fair and your master's. So can you tell a little bit about like kind of what your first position was, um, as a software engineer at Liberty Mutual? Um, and then I have a follow-up question to that, but let's give some context to everybody. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So when I met with my recruiter, I was interested in a couple different positions. I knew about the Liberty Mutual Tech Start Internship is what it's called, um, that was happening over the summer. And I met with the recruiter sometime in the spring. It might've been, I don't know, April or something. Um, and I was also interested in the Tech Start, entry-level Tech Start program as well, which is kind of similar to the internship, but it's a 12-month rotational program for folks looking to enter the, the tech space in, in a corporate setting like Liberty. So it's kind of the transition from your academia or wherever you came from, your boot camp or whatever experience you might have had to kind of ease you into um, being a software developer at, at Liberty Mutual. So I was interested in both of those roles. And um, unfortunately, I couldn't enroll in the tech start program in the one that was starting in July. I wasn't eligible because I was still in, um, I was finishing up a summer class. So I I applied for the internship and that is the role that I got. So I was an intern from June, actually all the way through January because um, they eventually offered me the Tech Start program, which I'm in currently. So I'm now in that rotational program, um, but I was able to intern because I finished my degree in August and I said, I'm, I'm available for work if you want me. Um, to continue. So, so I had kind of a longer internship and then jumped into tech start in January, the um, entry-level program. I think one thing that like stands out to me when, when we've been talking is kind of how maybe at first it didn't seem like the program that they had matched up with your availability. Um, so, but you like when you asked for it, like offered your expertise. So my follow-up question is kind of like when you are doing an internship or kind of that first program, whether it's the apprenticeship that you're doing now or when you were doing internship, how did you 
did you take time to learn additional skills or how did you like work on showing your values and really letting them know that you wanted to stick around? Um, yeah. Love that question. Um, yeah. So one priority for me in this internship was networking. I knew that that was something I wanted to work on the tech skills that I had. I felt like I had a pretty good basis for that. And, and the skills that I had in tech, I feel are transferable. I think that's a really important thing. You know, if you know one language really well, you can apply it in different settings, that kind of thing. Um, but something I hadn't really had a great experience with um, is networking, just my my schools and, and things like that. I had a little bit of a network, but I certainly wanted to grow that, especially since moving to Boston where I didn't know anybody. So um, another thing to note is my internship was remote. So my team was actually in Indiana. And so I'm like, okay, I definitely want to have my virtual network, but I'd also love to take advantage of the Boston office here and, and meet with folks that way. So I, I really focused on that. And the first thing I did was asked my manager, I'm like, hey, is there a way I can get involved in some Boston events? Are there things that I can go to and, and people I can meet? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And forwarded me some uh, invites to different events. And it was honestly one of the scariest things I've ever done. I went to um, a summer networking event or a summer outing for one of the departments at Liberty. I walked in, didn't know anybody. It was like this carnival kind of aspect. There were bumper boats, there was golf, there was um, ice cream. And it's just like a fair kind of celebratory event for the for those in the department. I was like, I don't know anybody, but hopefully I can meet somebody. Um, and I walked in and instantly started chatting with uh, an associate software engineer. And he introduced me to his team and his department. Um, and I ended up spending the whole day with them and playing games, yard games, and all this, all these other things. And I don't know if it's a coincidence, but the current rotation that I'm on, um, they put me on a team and I'm with a few other of my peers and we're working on this team for about five months and then I'll transition to another team. But the team that I'm on is actually in that same department of the people that I met at that event. So again, not sure if someone recognized my name and kind of said, oh, we want her on this team. You know, we remember her or if it was just a coincidence, but either way, I'm so glad I had that opportunity to meet with some folks and end up, you know, working with them now. So it's just kind of full circle in that way. Um, I went to another event, did the same thing basically, and met with some folks from that same July Tech Start cohort that I had inquired about with my recruiter. Um, I met a couple of people from there and their teams are remote and don't come into the office as well. But we all kind of wanted some office experience. So the three of us go in once a week and we have lunch together and go to the happy hours after work and um, just have a blast. So both of those events, I was very scared to go into without knowing anybody, but it, the reward was so worth it. So I encourage anybody um, looking to kind of work on their networking skills and to put themselves out there, it can be scary. But if you're like, I'm not interested in showing up in person in a place I don't know anybody, I get that. So there's virtual opportunities as well. And the main one that comes to mind is that women in tech group. I mean, there's so many um, opportunities in that community to get involved and, and meet new folks that way. So I've done that as well. And I have a great community there too. So that is my, that's my plug for networking, but I think it's just, it was so valuable for me. It definitely helps me stand out um, 
from, from others in my position. Yeah. I love that story that you don't know, like you're on a team and like, it's very possible, even if they don't realize it, it's very possible that they recognize your name, like in the back of their mind. You, you never know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so Lauren, you mentioned a bunch of things while talking a little bit about what attracted you to Liberty Mutual and your own path that we hear all the time in, in events. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about them. Um, specifically, can you share a little bit more about your transition, um, the transitions that you've had at Liberty Mutual, um, specifically as someone that first got interested in like a self-taught person. So yeah, just a little bit more about that and then the various positions that you have. And then I also have a follow-up question. Yeah. So, uh, since I was kind of, I have a non-traditional, you know, background in tech, I, I learned everything from my previous job and then through my own kind of self-learning. I, I remember, you know, being like, I want to make the transition from kind of front end to back end development. Like, how am I going to do this? I don't have a degree, um, but I do think I have the skills um, that I can do this. Although in the beginning, I lacked a little bit, bit of confidence. Um, because I, I would look at job requirements and, you know, see, you know, some skills that I didn't have and just question whether I was ready to kind of make that jump into a back-end development role. So then it just happened that I came upon an apprenticeship through a program called Apprenti. Um, I ended up getting accepted into that program. And then I got matched up with Liberty Mutual. And so through the apprenticeship, you kind of, you go through, um, they put you through a boot camp. I think that was around like three months. And then you get uh, to do on the job training. So I started at Liberty Mutual, actually with the team I'm currently back on now, um, the HR data services team. I started with them. Um, I believe I did about four months on that team before then I actually also transitioned into the Techstar program. When I came in, they, the Techstar program did not have a rotation going through. So, um, and I also kind of went through a similar experience as Sam. So I went through my kind of, my team rotation. Um, and I got an experience in another section of Liberty that was different from kind of the HR data services team. And then I went into my individual rotation and my individual rotation, I got, I went back to the team that I had started on. So I went back to some familiar faces, um, which was nice. And I, I think um, it was definitely, I could see the progress I made throughout kind of the different teams that I uh, worked on at Liberty um, and through kind of all the developers that I worked under, I was able to kind of, you know, grow my skills to get where I am today. Great. So um, since as a person that's like grown a lot and held multiple like different positions and has advanced at Liberty Mutual, I think a lot of people in our community can sometimes feel nervous about bringing up like the idea of advancement or when to talk about that. So you mentioned at first what attracted you is like looking for a good manager. Yeah. So um, at what point do you start the conversations about advancement or do you have any advice to people who maybe are like nervous to, to have that first conversation or want to know like exact timing? That's like a very common question. Like at what exact day do can I say something? <laughs> 
Yeah, actually, I would say you actually start from like day one, that first time you meet your manager, you want to be having ongoing conversations about, you know, what they're looking for, where you need to grow, so you can get to a point where you can uh, get promoted to your next role. I I think that if you um, kind of have those ongoing conversations, that it will kind of naturally just happen. I mean, you'll be able to see yourself growing, your manager is going to see um, where you're growing because you're going to be hitting goals that the both of you have been setting. Um, and then eventually you'll be able to have that the ultimate conversation, which is, you know, for a promotion. Um, but you have all the stuff that you've already done um, to help you get there. Yeah. Great. So another thing that really resonated that you talk, talked about briefly was kind of looking at the job descriptions and like feeling not confident or seeing how long the list was or things like that. So this is for both of you, but we can start with Lauren. Um, Cause imposter syndrome is like, people always ask about that. It's like a big, a big issue in all of our events, but I would love to know, like in, because you've talked about your, the company and the manager, like in your experience, like how can a manager or company support new hires working through that or how did you feel supported once you did get the job kind of working through that that confidence yeah, yeah. Why don't we I mean imposter syndrome huh? I mean I feel like everyone has it no matter like kind of what career you're in uh it was definitely a big thing for me especially since I had that non-traditional background and you know coming into Liberty at first I was like oh, like how am I gonna like match up and stack up with all these other developers um and it was actually probably my first manager who kind of like put me at ease because he was so supportive and like super pumped that I was there working at Liberty and uh wanted to, his main goal was to help me get where I wanted to be. And he made that very clear from the beginning. And that just from hearing him talk and him being excited, that kind of put me at ease a little bit. And then also the developers that I was learning from and working under uh, kind of empowered me um, and, you know, talked to me about, you know, I have the skills um, and just uh, to keep, you know, doing what I can to, to get better. So, yeah. And then, yeah, Sam, you kind of touched on it too, by, you know, talking about classes and the ratio in class and stuff. So yeah. How can oh, yeah. it's professor or company? Yeah. Anyone support each other working through that. 100%. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is a real thing. I actually, um, quick aside, I, I was a teacher for two years while I was pursuing my master's degree. I was part-time teaching, part-time studying, my master's and I was um, helping out in a boot camp actually. And we had an entire lesson on imposter syndrome and what it is and, and how we can work through that. So it's definitely something that is normal. I think it's easy to feel like, oh, I'm the only one that doesn't know how to merge a pull request or like, or submit a pull request and then merge it or different things um, like that. It can be easy to feel like you're alone, but you're, you're definitely not. And I think what's important um, when looking for a company that you want to, you know, work for is what kind of support do they offer? Um, I think the manager has a responsibility to create a safe space for its their employees to be able to communicate any concerns that you have. And I definitely felt that in my experience, um, both managers that I've had have, have kind of set that tone and 
I've always felt comfortable addressing any issues or any feelings that I have. And I'm like, hey, this is where I'm at. Um, I think I'm lacking this skill maybe. And and their job is really to make sure you have the resources that you need to be successful. So being comfortable um, bringing that concern forward, I think is the hardest part, but it's the most important part. So provided the, you know, the manager sets that safe space, um, I think you can address it through through um, a conversation with them. And if you don't have a great re relationship with your manager, there's plenty of other people, at least at Liberty, that I could reach out to as well. I mean, I had, as an intern, I think I had three mentors assigned to me, like the amount of support I had during my internship and, and even now is, was honestly the most surprising. I, I, um, this is the most surprising thing that I noticed during my internship. So finding that one person that you trust or that you can bring those concerns forward to, I think is, is key for that. That's a great transition because um, we also have some uh, questions submitted by our community. Um, and so I'd love to touch on one of them and it is about mentorship. So um, Sam, you mentioned three different mentors. I would love to hear a little bit. I think sometimes it can be nice to define like what mentorship means to you because sometimes it's an official program. Sometimes it's more um, informal, but Lauren, I would love to start with you. Like, did you feel like you have, do you have an official mentor? Do you have an informal mentor? How do you define that? Um, and, or maybe you're a mentor to someone else. You're a mentor to our whole community already, but um, how do you define that? for your own career um, and how can that help somebody in their career? Yeah, I've always I, thought of mentorship as you either have like an informal mentors or more formal mentoring. I've definitely in my career kind of had more informal kind of mentoring. Um, I consider that like more of unstructured. It's just like a naturally developing relationship that you kind of form with someone and they're, you think of them as kind of a mentor versus uh, just like a more formal one is more just more structured relationship. Maybe you're like setting up a meeting on a, a monthly basis or something to check in with them. Um, but I think I kind of the people I've considered mentors are just people that I um, have doubled my pace of learning. You know, I can I can see how they operate and then I incorporate some of those things into kind of my own workflow. Um, and on the other aspect of that, I actually got to take part as a mentor. Um, I mentored someone that was going through their uh, summer internship uh, during uh, college. Um, the mentee and I, we kind of used that time to pretty much answer any questions that they may have about the tech industry or Liberty, um, you know, talk about how their internship was going or just, you know, have a discussion about maybe their career aspirations, or they could just ask me anything about kind of the journey that I've been on. So, um, and I know I haven't taken part in any of these, but I've, I've looked into it. Liberty does have other mentorship programs through their women in women in technology group too. So there's plenty of opportunity here if you're looking for a mentor for sure. Yeah. Um, and then Sam, a kind of connected question, you know, you were talking about you were meeting all these people going out, what kind of, or, and you were assigned mentors. Did you do any preparation before meeting people? Like, how did you kind of make sure that everyone's time was used the best, including yours? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, a lot of different people that I had to support me throughout my internship. I think, um, 
the only preparation I I had was just kind of knowing what I was going to say when I first met these mentors or what I first said when I walked into that networking event and didn't know anybody. Um, and I definitely played the intern card a little bit. I was like, hey, you do mind if an intern crashes your, your, your lunch or something like that? And it's an easy way to kind of break the ice a little bit. Um, and then from there, it was just kind of easygoing and, and starting that conversation into a natural uh, progression. And I think that was really nice uh, to be, because everybody really loves interns. They're, they're there, they know that they're there for just, you know, a summer or whatever it is. And um, the goal for interns is to, to learn something first and foremost, but then also to um, have a great summer learning about Liberty Mutual and the company. So people are always very welcoming of interns I've found. And I think of anybody to be fair, but um, just as my internship experience, I noticed that. So that was really the only preparation I did. I think everything else flowed pretty naturally from there. And I think that's probably the most important takeaway that I uh, would give about mentorship is to be authentically yourself, you know, whatever that is for you and to show intention and that you, and that you care, you know, to be, to be um, intentional with your actions and just, and yourself and the mentorship relationship is going to kind of evolve naturally from that. And I think those natural ones are the best. Um, but I did have an assigned mentor that, you know, ended up being one of like the most natural kind of mentorship relations I've had too. So they can come from the structured ones. They can come from random interactions with folks. I think both are great. Um, just the more opportunities you have to kind of put yourself out there into the community. I think the more, um, reward you'll get from that kind of as a result. Yeah, thank you for this amazing advice. Um, let's pivot a little bit to talk about kind of the job market now, um, because it always has been, you know, like it can be very challenging to get your first job in tech. And right now, especially there's like the market is changing a lot, like you have to keep up. Um, and so I think let's start with you, Lauren. Um, after kind of going through your search as someone self-motivated, self-taught, um, and then kind of entering your apprenticeship program, what advice would you give someone who's looking for a job now, both kind of based on what you wish you knew in the past, but then also like any other factors that you feel like are happening uh, currently? Yeah, I mean, just probably from my background and kind of how I got into tech and I felt like I held myself back in the beginning. So if you are coming from like a non-traditional background, I would say just believe in yourself. Like you can come and be a good developer at a company like Liberty Mutual. And they're looking also looking for people um, that have um, non-traditional backgrounds in tech that have gone through kind of the self-learning journey. So I would say if you're having doubts about kind of being good enough, try to kind of push through those and, and not let it deter you from applying for, for a job. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then um, Sam, same, same question. I specifically, I mean, because you described the career fair, like I can see the career fair. I can see like the pressure of the long lines. So if someone was about to do something like that, or, you know, the online applications going to a remote team for, I mean, so many different experiences that you had, if someone was about to do that, what would you tell them that you wish you had known beforehand? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing I would tell anybody that's applying for a job or getting, you know, about to make that step at a career fair or 
whatever, wherever you are in that process is to first pat yourself on the back for the work you've done so far. I think for me, um, you know, I, I was looking at jobs in 2020 when I graduated from um, my, my college and it was May, like it was COVID, the height of the pandemic, people were getting laid off, people were getting furloughed. You know, it can be really tough to apply for jobs when the economy and the world is kind of hectic like that. And I think we're seeing some of that, you know, still. So I would say celebrate every resume tweak that you've made, every cover letter that you've written, every portfolio edition or, you know, practice coding exam, whatever it is that you're doing to prepare, that is a step closer to where you want to be. And that should be acknowledged and celebrated. So I would, I would first of all say that because the mental toll of that process, I found to be very challenging. And I'm, I'm assuming that I'm not alone in that. So um, yeah, congratulate yourself for the work you've done so far. Um, and then really just stepping into that world, like, like Lauren said, having that confidence to know that you can do this. Um, it's something that if you want it, absolutely you can get there. And something that I learned for myself too, I was really struggling in 2020 with jobs. Like what, what was I qualified for? It's hard to know. You see those lists and it's like, we need an entry-level software engineer, but they need to have three years experience or so. And you're looking at that, like, what is that? I don't know. I don't think I'm qualified for that. Um, so I guess my other point of advice would be be open to opportunities that you might think you're not qualified for, or you might think you might not, might not want to do, or you're maybe a little curious about, but you're unsure about going that route. Uh, for me, that was teaching. I ended up, you know, teaching at the coding boot camp, and I also was teaching um, kids online after school how to code. Those were the jobs I heard heard back from, and I was like, well, this is going to improve my skill set. I'm going to be able to not only learn the material better as a teacher, but be able to communicate code better. And those are two skills that I'm very glad that I've, you know, strengthened through those experiences. So, and it was never something I thought I wanted to do was, was be a teacher, but I still teach part-time uh, with kids and I absolutely love it. So maybe explore different job opportunities and you can always say no, you know, you can go to the interview, learn about it and say, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Or you can say, wow, this is totally different than what I thought. And maybe this is the right thing for me at the right time. And it's going to get me to where I want to be um, later on. That would be my two cents. That's wonderful. Um, so as we're coming, uh, we're approaching the end of our conversation. So I'd like to look forward a little bit. I think something that can be really hard is when you are first starting out, you have both kind of like your daily responsibilities, but then all these like areas of growth and like where you want to push or like where you want to take on like reach projects and things like that. So a question that I have is we can start with Lauren. Um, how do you balance like maintaining like the day-to-day -day business goals like that you were hired to do with your own personal like technical or leadership growth? Yeah. So one of the areas where I try to, you know, learn new skills is my team actually has around four innovation sprints spread out throughout the year. So that's like two weeks of time where a developer kind of gets to choose whatever they want to work on. So I try to pick something new that I want to learn, but also something that I could see helping my team. So 
Um, I think also here at Liberty, they, they offered both, you know, structured and unstructured learning opportunities. We have a subscription that developers can get to Pluralsight. So I've used that many times before when I'm uh, learning something new or get a ticket and maybe the technology, um, I, I need to, you know, upskill on that a little bit. Uh, many of my teammates have recently taken like Python classes because we're kind of getting into Python. So there's a lot of opportunity. Um, I've also done different events, like I took part in our annual hackathon in the fall, where I just got to work with a, a ton of other different developers and, and kind of learn from them and, and work on something new that was outside of the products that my team was working on, which was kind of nice for, for three days just to make a little transition to something else. And then also just make sure you're talking to your manager about, you know, the goals and where you see your kind of career going and like what technologies you want to use. Because, I mean, at the end of the, the day, you kind of own your career. And if you want to kind of go uh, a certain way with in front end instead of back end or something, make sure that your manager kind of knows that. Um, the great thing with Liberty is it is such a big company that um tech department is really big so there's a lot of opportunity and you know your manager can kind of help get you where you you want to go so yeah I think those are great examples and I also think um like ask you pointed out a lot of things that people can ask about in interviews even to learn about the engineering culture like the innovation sprints or I love I love when companies do hackathons it's like such a great morale building yeah exciting um thing but yeah to have the built-in learning it really says a lot about like an engineering culture um and then sam yeah same same question yeah i'm probably going to echo a lot of what lauren said um uh, because for example i have a hackathon this thursday friday in my department we have those i actually don't know the frequency i'm still learning about my department i'm fairly new on this rotation but I know we have one this week and then another in like May. So it seems like every couple of months they're giving us the opportunity to explore a new technology that we're interested in. And they've highlighted the fact too, it's like, you don't need to produce anything useful in these events. If you just want to take that time to learn, then that is equally valuable um, in the company's eyes. And I think that's really, really cool that they do that. I've taken Pluralsight courses on React and then also like how to be a good leader in a development setting. Like the soft and hard skill range of that uh, resource is really impressive. And I've enjoyed that. I think the last thing I would add is um, when having that conversation with your manager saying, these are the skills I'd like to improve on. Um, oftentimes your manager might come up with a solution or a, an idea that you hadn't considered. Um, for example, if you want to work on your leadership skills, because that was something I've been pretty passionate about and wanted to work on, even though I'm, I was an intern, you know, the lowest rung of the ladder, you might say, um, I was like, I want to work on my leadership skills. And I, I know it's early, but I'd like to start now. And for me, that meant um, having that conversation with my manager, being kind of putting it on his radar so that if there were opportunities that came up, um, maybe I could, my name would be thrown in the hat for or even as um, simple as being like, hey, I'd love to you know, lead the retro meeting. We have these retrospective meetings to kind of go through what we did over the past two weeks of work, what worked and what went well. And normally there's a certain person that conducts that meeting, but you can kind of, maybe that's a solution where you can work on your public speaking or work on your leadership skills in that way too. There's a very like small 
ways that you can improve your skills at any level, no matter where you are in the company. I think there's a solution for that, but it's just about figuring out what that is. And I think your manager is probably the best resource for that start. Um, well, uh, we've come to our last uh, question. Thank you both so much for sharing your career journeys. I feel like we're going to um, come away with a lot of great advice about like networking, uh, like going for it. And it's clear that you've both also like made great connections and um, met really like have had great resources as for managers as well, which is really exciting to hear. Um, so for our last question, uh, we can start with you, Lauren. How do you feel like if we could leave the audience with like one takeaway about what the apprenticeship meant for your career, what would you want people to know about uh, that? Uh, one takeaway. Well, I think the apprenticeship helped me where I need to get to be. Um, it helped instill confidence in me that I think I was lacking because I was able to, you know, go on this journey um, with other developers who were also going through the same journey and going through some of the same things. So through kind of that shared experience, um, I was kind of able to see where I kind of fit in the tech industry and just, you know, I can't say enough. I think the biggest thing for me was definitely having those supportive managers and um, that kind of helped me get to where I am today. And I'm excited to keep building on that. Yeah. And then Sam, the same question, but but internship and now you're in the, the rotational program. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest takeaway, and not to sound like a broken record, I think the networking was was huge for me. Just and with that, being able to explore different parts of the company, meeting new people, learning about the different departments. I think something that they do a really good job of in the internship is providing, you know, meetings because the internship was all remote, um, but there were so many ways to get connected, so many ways to learn about Liberty. Here's what this department does. Here's what this group does. And and setting up those connections. I mean, we had meetings with like the executives. Like there were there were top level people presenting, telling us about. Um, you know, the CFO was there and, and things like that. And I think all of those experiences really just gave you not only a better understanding of the company, but a great glimpse and, and really um, experiencing the company culture. And I think for me, like, I'd love to, um, what is the saying? You don't live to work, you work to live. Work-life balance is huge for me. And that internship really showed me that Liberty um, makes that a priority. And for me, that was a perfect fit. I, I love people are still, you know, very motivated in their jobs here, but there is that balance. There is that time to, you know, the happy hours at the Boston office to, to sit down and enjoy, um, time with, you know, the people you work with and, and, and that kind of thing. So that was kind of my biggest takeaway was meeting the new people and really learning about the company. I think that was the biggest um, step for me in my career journey and kind of knowing that this was a, a really good fit for me. Great. Well, I want to thank uh, you both. And I want to also thank Liberty Mutual for um, making the introduction and connecting you with our community. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission 
and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening and remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.